This episode of Ladies Who Punt is brought to you by Inglis. Inglis has had over a century of turf champions go through their sales rings, and now with their pink bonus series, there has never been a better time for women to join in on the fun of racehorse ownership. That's right, Grace. With the bonus prize money up for grabs, the Pink Bonus Series is a great initiative to get more women involved in racing, making Inglis a fabulous partner to ladies who punt. We can't thank them enough for supporting our podcast and the representation of women in the racing media. Field is ready. They're racing in the Oaks. Hello and welcome back to Ladies Who Punt. It's been a little while. My name is Fiona Blair and I'm joined by Grace Framage, my co-host, and we are the podcast that aims to decode the sport of horse racing one topic at a time. Grace, it's been such a long time. It sure has been. I mean, how long has it actually been? Like, I think it's been like three months. Okay, good. Yep. It sure has been, Fee, but gee, isn't it good to be back? It's so been good. a couple of months since we've been live with new, fresh episodes on a weekly basis. Um, but, you know, everybody needs some time in the paddock, and that's exactly what we've been doing. And what a time to come back because the first group one of the season is this Saturday. So it all kicks off in terms of a spring racing carnival perspective, and there is so much that is going to unfold over the next you know, 12 or so weeks. I cannot wait for what we've got in store for us. Yeah, it's so exciting and such an such an epic uh, Memsie stakes on the cards this mm-hmm. weekend. Some really big names uh, going up against each other. But Grace, just give us a quick fill-in of what you've been up to over the last couple of months. Well, what have I been up to over the last couple of months, Fee? I'll tell you <laughs> what I have been doing is I went on holidays yep. and we went over to... England predominantly for Royal Ascot. We also came back to England to go to the July meeting, which is um, a group one meeting at Newmarket. Um, But we also traveled around Italy and Ireland, which was really cool. And we came home through Bali, which was amazing. Um, We were there for five weeks in total. I tell you what, it felt like, it honestly felt like we were away for three months, not five weeks. Oh, that's so good. It was crazy. Like it, time just seems to go on absolute slow motion um, when you're overseas doing nothing but exploring and just having the best time ever. So very refreshed and, yeah, then came straight back to Melbourne winter and just been ticking along. <laughs> what about you? Well, I've actually just got back from holiday myself. So I have been in the Cook Islands with my family. I feel like the Cook Islands isn't that popular with Australians, but it's a very popular Kiwi getaway place because it's all in, you can use New Zealand currency over there Mm -hmm. and it's easy to get to. It's four and a half hours from Auckland. But I would say like for those who don't know where it is, it's sort of near Fiji, like in the Pacific, tropical, warm, um, beautiful beaches, lovely snorkeling and really chilled out like... We just had an Airbnb Airbnb on the main island, and it's so chill. You can just walk around, you're right by the beach, just snorkel, do whatever you want. Yeah, so refreshing. I feel so recharged. It's like the most relaxing holiday I've had in ages. That is amazing. And how many books did you read again? Three. That is in itself <laughs> the goal incredible. Was one. Yeah. <laughs> three. Thank God I bought three. I, I was know. Like, I'm being ambitious here. Yeah. But uh, managed it. So so that was that was really good. And, and it's funny that you say that. Um, the Cook Islands isn't a popular sort of uh, Australian holiday destination because Australians love Bali, yeah. whereas Kiwi people love Fiji. Yeah, and but I have heard of, like, Aussies going to Fiji. So, like, yeah, I feel like if they're going to go to a Pacific Island, that's where they go. But 
uh, just have a little look at Cook Islands. The Cook Islands. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a high recommendation from me. Um, now, Grace, I have a little surprise for you today. Okay. Studio surprise. Okay. <laughs> what have you got for me? <laughs> what is this? Oh. Oh, we've got a new hat. New merch. Yes. <laughs> Model it for me. I'm Model it for everyone right on the camera. Now, if nobody, obviously, this is our brand, but now it's not just the stock standard light pink and navy, but we've got more color combinations, which I don't know. I mean, you can't really. Uh, matches your jumper perfectly, by the way. Couldn't it be better set up? I think just take your head, take your headphones off. Come on. I'll do. I'll, I've, got, I've got one for myself, so. <laughs> <laughs> there we go now what do you think about comfort like are you pleased with the fit or like oh, i might be a little bit big for your head but i do have a pin i head. have a huge head so like i feel like people in between us which is probably most people yeah i'm really happy with the fit it's so good i'm loving the maroon same yeah it looks amazing yeah so guys these are our new merch hats it's actually a whole variety of merch coming um but we will have them up on our website very soon we're just waiting for them to land which is really cool so then you'll be able to purchase your new lwp hats that was so popular the first round we sold out so um for those who missed out last time this is um yeah for you guys absolutely love it how cool well done feed this is the best surprise ever can i have presents every single episode oh okay i've set myself up here yeah you have task. i mean they don't always have to be actual things snacks work <laughs> snacks <Okay>. so well <laughs> for me i'll keep that in mind yeah. <laughs> okay so i think we better move on with the oh actually we have another announcement before we move on to our preview so members launched this week ladies department members something that we've been working on for a long time in the pipeline is here and i guess we should go over like what it means so it's 15 dollars a month mm-hmm. and what you get is all your usual content none of our free content is going away but if you want a little bit extra you can sign up for 15 dollars a month and you get three extra tips from you grace for yep. weekend racing mm-hmm. which is super helpful because i feel like you've been on pretty good form recently with your with your tips i try and then also an exclusive black book can you tell yes. us a little bit about that so this is something that i have always done um but i've never really thought about pa- packaging it up as content um this is the perfect opportunity to do it but essentially i trawl through a lot of form i'm always um looking at upcoming races but also looking at what's happened over the, the, you know, the past week's racing. So when I find little gems that I think, um, you know, horses that have gone really, really well, uh, the market may not necessarily pick them next start or ones that I myself am black booking to be able to alert myself to the fact that this horse is running in the next race. And if it's a suitable next race, I'll definitely want to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so actually creating a black book to be able to send out to our members, I think is going to be really helpful, not only just to try and um, follow their campaigns and make a little bit of money if we are betting, but it's just a really good way to show people that, you know, good horses can come out of sort of any race and the explanation of why I like certain horses coming out of a race where, you know, to the eye, you might be like, but they finished six, like it was nothing that exciting. Yeah. Um, but that sort of information can be really helpful for people to better understand how to do form as well. Yeah, I think so. And like, like you said, you're doing a lot of um, data mm-hmm. crunching for your jobs, your many 
different yes, jobs. Many hats. Which is all involved in the crunching. Yes. So I feel like you're just in the perfect position to spot a horse based off the data, like who might, you know, just be flying under the radar. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. And I've been testing it a little bit recently. Uh, I've found quite a few horses and a lot of them have come out and won at their next starts at varying prices. So it's all about making sure that you're following the horse into the right next race. Right. And when they do, we'll let you know and we'll see how they go. Yeah, cool. That's uh, really exciting. And the other things you get with members are the you get to play in our tipping competition, which yeah. is kicking off. So all of the member stuff is kicking off this weekend. You'll, when you sign up, you will be uh, sent out a member's newsletter rather than the uh, the usual ladies who punt newsletter. You will get a member's newsletter, which has all of our extra content as well as a link to play in our tipping comp. And for those who have been to our race day meetups, uh, you'll be familiar with this, but we, the way the tipping comp works is that you pick your horse that you think is going to win for each of the quality leagues. So this weekend it's race seven, eight, nine, and 10. And then your score, depending on where your horse runs. So if in league, in the first league, your horse runs third, you get three points. If the horse in the second league runs 10, 10th, you get 10 points. And then at the end, all your points are added up and the person with the lowest score wins. And mm -hmm. that's, we're going to do this every week. Um, there'll be a link in your members newsletter to fill out the form and there's a $50 cash price each week. So, you know, if you're paying $15 a month, you get four chances to win $50 through our tipping comp, which yep. is pretty cool, I think. Yeah, really cool. And this is one thing that I'm so excited about because other tipping competitions out there, I mean, firstly, there's not many tipping competitions, mostly mm. they're punters clubs um, where you might, you know, all, do all put money into a kitty and then go bet with that. As a, as a team and then hope for the best but this isn't about betting this is just purely about picking the trying to pick the winner on based on your inform analysis and the way that we do it it's not um you know you're not knocked out at any stage it's yeah. literally like let's see who can get closest to the pin across four races and i think that's really cool yeah it's really cool i feel like it really encourages just having a go because yep. yeah you're never knocked out you can follow all the way through and you still might be a life chance you mm -hmm. know even if you, you've had one bad run early yeah. on, you could still... Yeah, if it's a day that lots of favourites don't win, mm -hmm. anything could happen. Mm -hmm. And that is the reality sometimes. So, yeah. yeah, definitely everybody that is going to become a member, that's going to be a feature that we are super excited about each and every week. Yeah. Um, and then also, if you sign up for our monthly subscription, uh, you will receive a Ladies Who Punt mug, which is currently being made. And then if you sign up for our annual subscription, which is the same price, but you just pay in a lump sum, you will get a Ladies Who Punt race day scarf. Which Amazing. I'm really excited about because obviously the hats are great and like so many of our uh, OG fans, I'm uh, speaking of Meryl yep. and Erin yep. and Sue and and Elizabeth, um, so they will take their... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's to the races, but, you know, we wanted something a little bit more race day appropriate. Definitely. Caps. 100%. So the race day scarf is going to be really great for uh, people who could, you can show your 
LWP support with your race day outfit. And it's not just a like a winter scarf we're talking. No. We're talking pretty silk, wearing your hair, wear around your handbag, yeah. wear around your neck. Yeah. Do what you want with this. Super versatile. Yeah. Maybe that'll be my next surprise for you. Let's see if yes. they arrive in time. <laughs> Presents. Now, now that we've covered that, Grace, there was something you wanted to chat to, to us about today. Um, a change coming potentially from Racing Victoria about a different racing style. Can you fill us in? Well, there's been, I suppose, when we go back to the chat about what's been happening over the, the last couple of months, we've talked about us personally, but there's been plenty happening uh, in terms of the racing landscape. The first major change that I can tell you about is that Victorian Saturday race meetings have gone from nine races to 10 races. Oh, so that's across the board. Across the board. Oh, wow. Forevermore, every Saturday, 10 races. Wow. And this extra one race, because it always used to be nine, this extra one race that they've added in is sort of mimicking what is a really good success story in New South Wales, where they've got a race every Saturday run at benchmark 70 run at benchmark 70 or benchmark 78 grade for trainers who don't regularly train metropolitan winners. Right. So it's literally restricted to people that aren't, you know, your Chris Wallers or your mm -hmm. Kieran Mars. They they can't compete because they've had um, more than a certain allowed number of metropolitan winners the previous season. I'm not exactly sure what, what it is, but you'll be able to easily find it because the na race names are either aspirant or challenger. And you'll look at it and you'll see Lindsay Smith, Simon Wilde, um, you know, you'll see Mitch Beer, these, mm -hmm. these people that aren't regularly winning races in town. And that's um, a really good opportunity for those trainers to have their horses that are, you know, around the mark on a Saturday. But when you're going up against some big stables mm. with heaps of firepower, um, they can often just be found out because there are ones that are too progressive, rising through the grades, going to bigger and better things. So having this one restricted race every single week dedicated to that class of horse uh, is super successful, I reckon. It's going to be great. And the prize money on offer is amazing. So that is the race that brings us in total totality to 10 races every single Saturday going forward. Yeah, cool. That's That's so interesting. I feel like... There's a lot of talent out in the regions, mm -hmm. and it's going to be great to be able to see that. And it's going to be really interesting in terms of the punters too, isn't it? Because these races might have a little bit more value around them, you know, when you're trying to find a winner. Yeah, absolutely. And there'll be heaps of um, new names mm -hmm. or in terms of the horses that might be running around in the bush that haven't come to town before but you know uh ones that you're going to see more regularly on a saturday so plenty to look out for in terms of that race and that new um and that new category of race so that's one thing that's changed in the landscape over the last few months another thing that has just popped up which is literally all speculation at the moment but we know that racing victoria the governing body of racing in australia the governing body of racing in Victoria is making a conscious effort to try and attract a whole new fan base. So they want to have people that have never really really been too fussed in racing become a racing fan. Mm -hmm. That's their goal. Um, and one of the things that's broken in terms of news just this week is this concept of potentially having a match race between two superstar horses that are currently going around. Um, the concept of a match race is something that in the history of Australia, of racing jurisdictions around the world, used to be really quite common. Oh, I've just remembered where I've heard of it. Seabiscuit. Yes, of course. Of course. So it, it is a concept where you have two great horses um, 
running against each other. That's it. Just one horse versus another horse. Literally like mimicking like a heavyweight championship in boxing or something. You've got one horse against the opponent, um, head you know, to head. head to head. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes it can be a Sometimes it can be, you know, this the titan of the track up against the young challenger, um, but the one that they've is being being tabled as we speak, as far as we understand, is Giga Kick versus I Wish I Win. Oh wow! So these two sprinters, if you're not familiar with them, you will be because <laughs> they're both absolute superstars, and this spring, who knows what they could achieve? Yeah. They're both um, being. They're both going to end up in a race called the Everest at the end of the spring, or it's on Caulfield Guineas Day, so sort of mid to late October mm -hmm. in Sydney uh, at Randwick. But um, both horses will have a great winning chance of that $20 million race. But before then, if they can go clashing one against each other head-to-head -head, um, as a lead-up run, it'd be amazing. Mm -hmm. It would be absolutely incredible. It would get so much attention, media attention, this new cool concept. Well, it's not new. It's been around forever. It just hasn't happened. I think the last time might have been Better Loosen Up and Let's Elope back in the 90s. Have so. won that one? <laughs> get the uh, Google let's machine. Quickly, let's quickly Google that because I'm actually interested to know who won that one. Yeah, that's such an interesting concept. I think is going to be quite popular because it's that real like who's the better horse you know like there's no field interference there's no you know like each horse 100 percent has their shot definitely it's super tactical um so you know when you're actually thinking about a race it's probably just going to be like oh a little bit of a dawdle and a sprint home yeah right um but you know if you watch any you know i don't know what it's called because i'm not a cycling fan but during the olympics when yes, you watch them the, yeah and they just have the match race head to head uh -huh. one against the other uh -huh. and they like literally are looking over each other's shoulder the whole time and then they'll put the sprint on yes um so it's it's fascinating it is fascinating and like when you mean talk about a horse horses like giga kick and i wish i win like i wish i win is such a back marker like, yeah how's he gonna go with just one horse yeah well that's the thing he will be right there like it's gonna be <laughs> I, I really hope that it happens and i hope it's something that we don't um we don't just instantly say no we're not doing that we're not even going to consider it i hope yeah. it's something that happens and then we might even realize that we can do it on another couple of occasions as well because i just think it's a great chance to yeah do something different yeah showcase it to a new audience mm -hmm. all right i'll let you find out the results of this uh head to head that better loosen up versus let's elope 1992 1992 it was run you could actually play with <laughs> We will put the link in the show notes. Length and a half. It was Let's Elope ahead of Better Loosen Up in the 1992 match race. So that was, you know, um, going back a couple of decades ago, but still... Uh, relatively recent enough in the scheme of things. I'm all for bringing it back. Yeah. I mean, just hearing about those two horses is, is exciting. Like, imagine the horses that we are seeing running around now. Yep. Another Every good matchup, Grace, that we were discussing would be Mr. Brightside and Alligator Blood. It would be incredible. I mean, let's just put it into the universe, see if we can manifest yep. that one. Over 1,400 metres or 1,600 metres. You've got two multiple Group 1 winning horses that there's been hardly anything between them. They could do it before the Cox Plate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
Okay, let's let's ponder this. Yeah, let's, let's make it work. Out. See if it happens. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we better get actually down to business of why we're here, Grace, because it is Memsey Stakes Day, first group one on the calendar, and this is the only race we're going to be previewing today because we've already waffled on a bit about everything else. Um, but we will also be offering up our picks for the tipping comp this week at the end of the episode. So yep. we'll be telling you who we're going to be putting down mm-hmm. um, just to get your brains to start ticking about who you think might be uh the horses to put for down for your tipping comp submission so grace the memsey stakes 1400 meter group one at first group one of the season here in victoria and it's the first group one of the spring racing carnival it's officially called spring preview day caulfield this saturday and aside from next saturday which is at the valley and it's fiend stakes day yep the rest of the next 10 weeks has got a group one every week yeah right wow so it's exciting I think let's start with the market, Grace. I think that's a good place to start. So since markets opened, there has been a little bit of movement. Number two, I wish I win, was the favorite when markets opened up. But now it looks like number one, Mr. Brightside has just got the edge over him at $3.70. I wish I win is at $3.80. And then in in the third line of betting, we have Alligator Blood at $5.50. Um, to round out the top five, we have number 13, Princess Grace at $8.50. And then... Aussie Pinko at $9.50. Pretty open market, Grace, as we would expect. It's one of those, I mean, we're at the start of the spring, so it makes sense that it's like this, but we're at that point where there's horses kicking off and yep. there's horses who have already maybe had one or two runs yep. already. So I think I had a look through and out of the 15 horses lining up eight are having their first start on saturday definitely so it's always a great race for horses to kick off um their campaigns i would say there's a couple of traditional elements to the mimsy stakes um it's only been a group one for just over a decade or so it used to be group two but um normally you see a lot of horses that are having their first run for the campaign that might be going on towards a race like the Cox Plate or the Caulfield Cup, where obviously that's, you know, the grand plan for Alligator Blood and Mr. Brightside. But I'm surprised there's not um, a few extras in this race that we might see, um, like Smoke and Romans mm-hmm. comes to mind, you know, that sort of horse. There is nonconformist. He's a yeah. typical weight for age horse that's going to go through uh, the weight for age path before he gets to the Corville Cup. Uh, he'll try and win that race again. But there's a lot of horses in this that have had a, had a start, which... Mm-hmm makes it super competitive um and then there's also a couple of other horses that have just literally rolling the dice like they're way up in grade here um that's what's sort of giving this race some bulk to it 15 horses i was expecting it to be a much smaller more select field was it small last year yeah yeah it was eight or something yeah yeah so now you've got horses like bandersnatch and um amenable mm-hmm. and Bankmore, which aren't weight for h horses yeah there's absolutely no way that they are but if they run well maybe they could be in time so they're really they're really testing the waters to see how they go um but it doesn't surprise me that mr brightside has had market support into favorite now three dollars seventy because a he's a very good horse and b he has that run under his belt big um, run big run Big win in the PB Lawrence Stakes two weeks ago that Alligator Blood and also I Wish I Win, who were both very different horses but both Mm. superstars in their own right, Mm -hmm. they're both first up. So um, can understand why there's been money and he's been well backed, Mr. Brightside. Well, let's talk about his run in the PB Lawrence because um, you're the numbers gal. Mm -hmm. And when I had a quick look on racing.com, it said that the race rated 11 lengths faster than standard time. Yep. So that's pretty good. Yeah, very good. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the other thing that I noticed was that it was really hard right at the start. So yep. the first to the 800 was like eight and a half lengths above standard time. And then he was the only horse that stuck on in the finish, right? Yep. And you're finding this on racing.com, aren't you? Yeah. Going to the website. Go to the race. To... Yep. And then there's a sectional little tab yep. there. And you can have a look at all of this. Yeah. And it's such important information because that snapshot gives you an understanding of how strong the race is actually was mm -hmm. and also where the bulk of a horse's energy was used yeah so um what you've just said is absolutely spot on they really went along at a very fast early tempo and when you've got horses especially good horses that are running along early at a good solar tempo that's what sets them up to run good strong overall time mm -hmm. it's when horses dawdle early and then sprint home that the overall time might be slow yeah it's not to say it's not a good race it's just it wasn't run to be able to run time um but yeah mr Brightside's win was huge um interestingly mr b he's been in so many sort of small fields that have been tactical uh, aside from the big doncaster handicaps and the the all-star mile but like going back through the cf4 stakes and the futurity stakes there were such there were such slowly run races and this was actually the first time he's been tested on that sort of a fast tempo yeah. in a long time and it seems to suit him and yeah what i really liked is that he was you know craig was a little bit more positive on him mm -hmm. i think during the autumn and last spring he was just getting too far back and yep. he, he was flying home yep. but he couldn't make up the gap so i was really pleased to see him you know sort of in the in the first five from the jump but is that going to be harder this week from barrier 15. well i think tactically craig will be out to sort of achieve the same thing um there is still good speed in this race like a horse like anna visto uh she's not a wait for age horse yet like she's not at the caliber of um alligator blood or i wish i win or mr brightside but what she does do is roll along on speed she's very good fresh got a great first up record um she'll go a pretty good clip up front now there'll be other horses like alligator blood there with her but they'll ensure a good tempo um that actually really suits her that's her asset that early speed that she can sort of have them have her rivals um off the bit and chasing a little bit and mm -hmm. she just keeps on going she kicks off that so she that'll be their intent and because of that mr Brightside from barrier 15 probably comes across looks to slot in when horses are really rolling up front generally there's more gaps the field strings out a bit and you can slot in easier it's when the leader goes a crawl of a tempo that they all just race in like this tight clump yeah and that's when you have horses that are posted four deep five deep because right. they're like hey let me in and they're like no i'm not letting you in and he's going to be able to follow alligator blood over isn't he definitely he's in barrier 14 yep. so they're alongside each other yeah right okay so mr b we're pretty positive about him um i'm not sure like if he's the horse for me on saturday oh <laughs> but let's take a look at I Wish I Win because there's been such a boom on him. You know, he had that incredible performance in the autumn in the TJ Smith mm -hmm. where he won so well on the Heavy 9. I feel like he was favoured on the Heavy 9. Definitely. Yeah, so could be a different story with him back on firm ground. Um, but I was watching the replay yesterday and I just got goosebumps watching yeah. it again. It was amazing that um, the margin he had to make up was so big coming yep. down the outside. He beat superstars like Nature Strip and Giga Kick mm -hmm. in that race. But I feel like his best distance, like where he's won most is 1,200 meters. Yep. And this is first up. And I did watch his jump outs. His second jump out was over 1,000, which I was like was encouraging for me because i feel like he needed that sort of longer jump out yep. to be good first up over 1400 meters um but we're just not sure where he's at are we grace well the thing about i wish i win is um 
is is a very good horse, obviously. Like he is as good as they come um, in terms of weight for age ranks. He can perform and will perform no matter what you sort of aim him up at. So the fact that Peter Moody and Catherine Coleman have got him going first up in a Memsey stakes, and they've been very open about it, first up 1,400 metres, and then they've got a gap of like nearly two months until they actually go the next run, which is the Everest. Right. Might be a match race in there beforehand, but Let's hope so. we digress. <laughs> um, so that's literally their campaign. 1,400 metres first up, then big break into 1,200 metres high pressure race in the Everest. So this isn't his grip. Like, this, he's not here to win nope. on Saturday. Well, yeah, he's not. He's not. Yeah. He's literally there to blow out the cobwebs. Yeah. But he's still good enough to win this. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. And that's what I mean. When when you've got good horses that just um, are as exceptionally talented as he is, you can aim them up at anything. Like, you know, um, Winks, for example, she would have won the Everest every year, probably, even though she's a 2,000-metre horse, mm -hmm. because she's just that good. Yeah, right. So um, I, I think this is fine for him. The query is how fit is he mm -hmm. when he's got pretty stern opposition in Mr. Brightside now Yeah. And also barrier one. He's yeah, gonna be one. back and bury. Mm. But like he's always at the back back, so does that matter? Well, it depends. Like if he can get right to the outside and, and sorry, right to the back and then be swooping down the outside, then that might be actually their game plan. Yeah. But if he's snookered with horses all around him, he'll have to wait and pick for runs. Um, whereas the others might have some momentum up. But he's got the tactical versatility, like he can sprint fast. Mm -hmm. So last year, when he came over from New Zealand, because he only had two Australian preps, he actually ran first up 1,400 metres and won by four lengths in an open handicap, beating a horse that we love called Gentleman Roy. Oh, God, of course. So he's done this before. Oh, so we don't have to be that worried. No, he's done this before. <laughs> but the thing is, what confuses people is that last, last preparation, so only uh, six months ago in the autumn, they purely targeted him targeted him at sprinting trips so they had him go first up over a thousand meters in the lightning stakes where he definitely was not suited mm -hmm. like uh, going into it thinking he's not going to win this race yeah but he got 0. 0.4 of a length off cooling out of there and was a monstrous run mm -hmm. so he just can do anything yeah like, um, he, he could win this and he could win it easily yeah i just i'm so fascinated to see what he does on saturday yeah that's gonna be really exciting i guess we should also chat about the other big name in the race who is third in the line of bidding alligator blood i'm very excited to see this horse back he's Same. a real favorite of mine mm -hmm. um he's just so good to watch like and he's such an impressive horse isn't yeah. he just physically yes so big so strong yeah just love him he's so cool yeah he is um so his He's first up as well, same as I Wish I Win, which made me a little bit unsure. But I went back and watched his trials, and in his last trial, he was really not asked for an effort to be at his top, but he was, like, asked to extend out. And he ended up winning the trial by three and a half lengths, and he was so fast and so yep. strong to the line. I was like, wow, this horse is in good form. Yep. What did you think of those trials? Yeah, amazing. What you'd expect from Alligator Blood. He is a very good horse. Mm. Um, he has got a very good first up record he's been to the races on seven occasions first up and he's won three of them and run second and third another two times so only twice of seven times has he not filled the top three mm -hmm. um so he's always there fit and i think we can definitely expect that again he's a five-time group one winner yeah like he wins these for fun <laughs> so like to me he has to be like I, I just can't really have anything between him and mr brightside um, 
going into it, to be honest. Yeah, like, right. I, so you think it's between those two? I do purely because I think I wish I win um, might just tactically be too far back. Mm-hmm. If Alligator Blood and Mr. B are sort of into the bend going head to head and I wish I win's got four lengths to make up, he'll be storming, but he might not get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like tactically the way the race might unfold. But, um, yeah, Alligator Blood at $5.50, like I, there's just nothing between them. I feel like with alligator blood, like he loves getting to the front and then he really just hits the brakes, doesn't he? And like just he Tim Clark knows how to set up the race for him. Yes. I think from barrier fourteen it's like for me, barrier fourteen plus first up mm-hmm. when he wants to go forward. Like yep. is that gonna be too much of an ass? Well, again, he's just a good horse. It could be. Mm. It could be. If he gets a bit tired the last hundred meters, we're gonna like we're gonna be like, Well, yeah, obviously, obviously he was first yeah. up. He's gone, rolled forward on a strong tempo, and he's just got tired late. Yeah. But um, you think he's good enough? To I think he's it. good enough. Yeah, for sure. Like I look back at what he's done in the past. He wins on leading on slow tempos. He wins leading on or sitting off a fast tempo. Like he's again a good horse. There are yeah. three very good horses in this race, and there's a 15 horse field. It's not a match race, unfortunately. <laughs> um, things can happen. Traffic issues can occur. But um, we'll find out, hopefully, who's the best of them, or at least setting them up for the rest of the spring on Saturday. Yeah, and I guess out of like outside of those three greys, are there any real threats? Who, yeah. who are you looking at? We have to talk about two horses, Aussie mm-hmm. Penko and also Princess Grace. Okay. Both of these from the Chris Wallace stable. Both of these have had a run. It was two weeks ago in the Winx Stakes, which is a group one a group one 1400 meter contest at Randwick. So they've already had that sort of Mr. Brightside lead in where they've had a run, um, blew out the cobwebs. Princess Grace almost won. She was back to the inside. Fangirl came flying over the top out wide. Like there was nothing between them. She was very, very good. Now she draws Barry three, can be just behind the speed with Blake Shin in the saddle. Great setup for her. But the one that I really like is Aussie Penko because, uh, he's still an entire. He's now a four year old by Piero last preparation or, pretty much the last two preparations, we've seen him like on that typical three-year-old mile guineas path um, where the aim of the game is to get that group one victory for him to then go and be a be a stallion. And, you know, this time last year in the Caulfield guineas, he was a massive, massive run. Uh, he's a good horse on his day. Now we see him return more mature, you would think because he's got a, another spell under his belt and he's just physically growing up. He's now four-year-old and he's run in the um in the wink stakes last start was exceptional from near last like he's come home very very strongly setting him up perfectly and he's on barrier too hopefully he can be just midfield somewhere not too far back and i think both of those horses have got the x factor to while they haven't got a group one to their name just yet they actually might have the ability to take it to the next level so they're big big watches what they do this saturday the other one I wanted to talk about was Aegon. Yes. So what do you think about him? I feel like he could run a place. Definitely. Huge, enormous run last start. Yeah. He came through the Mr. Brightside race. Mm-hmm. We've already spoken about on the sectionals that how fast that race was run early. That actually sets up for horses in terms of the way they finish. It favours horses toward the rear of the field, midfield or further back. So Mr. Brightside winning that was probably – he wasn't entitled to stick on. And yeah, he was more entitled. merit to his run. There's more merit to Mr. Brightside's run. Yeah. Um, Aegon was the one that, who was entitled to be able to finish off stronger. He did that, though, and it was still a very high-rating race, which we've already discussed. 
And that was his first run back. And he's been in plenty of Group 1 contests. He's always been around the mark. Like he was beaten a length and a bit uh, in the CFO stakes that had Mr. Brightside in it, Jack and O, um, you know, I'm Thunderstruck, Gentleman Roy. He's always been around the mark. So I do not think you can discount him for this race. I'd love to see him in a race where he doesn't have to clash against the superstars at weight for age level. Like if they could target him towards um, the group one Turak handicap, which mm -hmm. is on Caulfield Guineas Day. So it's at Caulfield, uh, mile handicap. That would 100% be where I would be launching with him because he's good enough to win and he doesn't have Alligator Blood or Mr. Brightside in the race. I'm wondering if maybe that's the plan, Grace. Because we'll like you said, like in our spring preview episode last year, like if he – goes through weight for age gray yep he, his weight doesn't change only handicap is that, that correct that is almost correct but <laughs> only that only is um taken into account when you've got a race where weights are released right which is the Caulfield cup and the melbourne cup okay in any other in any oh, other handicap race like the turak if they're not releasing weights early right then it doesn't count I see. Okay, so that's not... Technicality. Yeah, right, okay. It's very complex, this stuff. It really is, but that's why we're here. Yeah, but I, I want to talk about his price, because I feel like he's, like, quite good value for an each-way bet. I think he's $34 yeah. to win. I mean, not an each-way bet, just a place bet. I'm not I'm not convinced he's going to win. Um, but $7 to place, I think it's worth putting a little bit of money on him. Absolutely. I think it's a really good place bet, um, and definitely put him in the quaddy because you just never know. Mm. Um but, yep, he's going to get back, but he'll be able to blend out wide, hopefully won't run into traffic problems. And, yeah, he'll be finishing off strongly. Okay, so that's going to be my main bet. I also might just do a little trifecta with the three big boys. Mm -hmm. Yep. What about you? What are you going to do? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go Mr. Brightside. Okay. Um, but it's probably a no-bet race for me, um, purely because – and it always is like this when you've got these good horses clashing. There's just nothing between them. Yeah. We just need to wait and see. But, yeah, I'd say Mr. Brightside here it sets up really well for him. Um, but Alligator Blood can win. I wish I win can win. And I'm watching Aussie Penko mm -hmm. and Princess Grace. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So I am no help at all. <laughs> I think that's why I'm going with the place bit. On yeah, on. I like that a lot. It's just like, yeah, good money there. Like, he can do it. Yep. So, yeah. That's going to be my main bit. Okay, well, that was the Menzi Stakes preview. I think we did a pretty good job keeping that nice and succinct, mm -hmm. Grace. Sometimes we can uh, waffle along a little bit, but I think we did a good job there. <laughs> now, I think we better share with everyone who we're going to pick for our tipping competition because our first tipping comp kicks off this weekend. Um, and now that you've shared that um, Racing Victoria is putting on 10 races every Saturday, it's no longer six, seven, eight, nine. It's seven, eight, nine, ten. Correct. So let's start off with the Cockrum Stakes, a race just for the mares at Group Three level. Who will you be putting down for this one? Really tricky to split the top two embedding the way I see it because both of them are very, very good. I'm talking about horse number two, Parasol, Paris, Parasol, 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 and also number seven, Benedetta. I will be going with Benedetta because I think she is exceptional, maybe. Think we'll see. Um, she won last start, first up down the straight, great run. She's had a trial since then. I think she's got what it takes to be 
winning a group one this preparation um they'll plot her probably through the mayor's grade um i think she's very very good but paracel has also got good form and last start was a winner at group three level in sydney so they're both good mayors and they're going head to head here it's an interesting one but benedetta for me what about you well we're going head to head too because i'm with paracel oh wow <laughs> Okay. So uh, that's exciting. I'm glad we haven't picked the same horse. Now let's move on to race eight, the McCathay Stakes 1100-metre Group 3 for the sprinters. Who do you like in this one? I wish they had run Generation last Saturday because I thought he would absolutely dominate there, but he comes around here, he's a $7.50 chance in a much stronger race. And I think I have to be with Asfura because she is still very progressive. She's um, only still relatively lightly raced. She resumes here. High-class sprinting mare uh, at $3.30 um, with the favourite in Asfura. Okay, so you're with Asfura. Uh, I am with another uh, Godolphin horse. Mm -hmm. Do you want to guess which one? Kalos. Of course. <laughs> Yeah. What do you think? Good chance? I think he's very, very sharp. Um, so what I mean by that is that he's got a incredible turn of foot. So he loves races where they're going to be slowly run and he can just like let rip mm -hmm. and everything else just literally is like, whoa, we're going way too fast. Can't keep up with you. Um, so I think 1,100 meters, there's good speed in this. It might just find him out late, but he might have also returned back um you know, a more mature horse, a more improved horse that's more capable of handling the different scenarios. So, yeah, he's good. And at $8, he's definitely worth a bet to find out. And then the big one, race number nine, the Mimsy. Mr. B for you, Grace? Mr. B for me. Okay. I'm going to go with Alligator. Of course horse. you are. <laughs> course you are i'm really glad none of us are uh we're not matching on i know it's how quite good. good it's gonna hit very interesting saturday okay so we've talked a lot about that race so let's just move on to race number 10 so this is a benchmark 100 over 1400 meters grace who do you like in this one benchmark 100 is like one level below like marginally below open handicap and open handicap is marginally below listed level. Okay. So, so this is a couple of steps away yeah, from black time. Really close. Like a yeah. lot of these horses, if they run well, I'd imagine they'd go to a listed race in two weeks time at Flemington. Right. That's really interesting to know. Yeah. So they're a good class of horse. Um, and I'm with one at a price here. The name is here to shock horse number two. Uh, Lindsay Park trained has got some ability is going very well and i just don't think this is a very strong race like kalino's the favorite comes down from sydney can win but is, i don't think he's a star um and then the rest we sort of know their mark and i just think here shocks one that might progress through the grades and and win something nice this spring so uh yeah from barrier 15 a bit tricky but at 16 dollars, i actually can't believe his price to be honest i think mm -hmm. i think he'll be smashed in the betting and will start a lot shorter than he currently is well, I do echo your sentiments about here to shock. Um, I think he's can have a good prep this spring. But I am with number eight, Regards Murray. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? Yep, he's been running really well. And okay. this is a sort if here to shock um, doesn't turn up and Kalino isn't that good, he can it's his race to win, probably. Yeah. And the good news is about the tipping comp is that you don't have to be 100% right. No. You just want to pick horses that horses are going to be the about there. Yeah, exactly. Um, because the favourites sometimes more often than not fall over. So yep. um, that's what I love about this competition because I also feel like it makes it a little bit like easier for people. You don't have to like study the form in a heap of depth to yeah. come up with a selection. You can just go, ah, 
I've seen this horse. I know they're going well. Yeah. I'm going to write them down. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, those are our picks for this week's tipping comp. We are excited to see yours as part of our members. And Grace, I think that's all we've got time for our first episode back. I can hear her story. Can you hear me story? Miller. Miller. Hello, girl. <laughs> so in our studio, we have Grace's dog who is having a snoozle and we can just like hear a snoring away. In the background. She's had a big morning, Grace. I mean, yeah. she's entitled to a nap. Girl, wake up. Miller. <laughs> Miller. There we go. Strip back to sleep. Oh, my goodness. My okay. apologies. Well, that is all we have time for this week. I feel like we've covered a lot. I'm so excited for the BMC Stakes. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really an exciting race to watch. I and... just can't wait for the whole day. Like, we've yeah. got stakes racing across the board. It's the official start to the Spring Carnival um, in Melbourne, and it only gets even better from here. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty bloody good entree to that. So I cannot wait for Saturday. <laughs> yep. And then next week we will be previewing the fan stakes at the Valley. Yep. Group two. And uh, that's going to be another fun episode. And we'll be announcing who won this week's tipping competition. I know. Good luck to everybody that's playing. Yeah. And just before we go, if you want to support the show, there are a few things you can do. Just make sure you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen and leave us a review or better yet, join our members group for just 15 dollars a month all right grace thank you so much i will be chatting again with you next week and uh good luck everyone for saturday even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.